<laughs> blackouts and babies. I'm Shari. I'm Mallory. We're going to talk about everything from getting blackout drunk to having babies. And you're going to sit there and listen. <laughs> sit down. Sit down. Get down. Shut up. Get you a beer. Today we are drinking. Oh, yeah. I'm drinking, drinking a Vizzy Watermelon Strawberry. And I'm drinking a Rooster's Brewing Co. It's called the Iron Rooster. It's an imperial stout. It's 9%. And it will put hair on your chest and your back. Yep. What's your favorite this week? Um, this one's really lame, but for the first time in my entire life, I washed and folded and get this, put away all of the laundry. All of it? All of it. There's no piles on the sh- on the couch. What? And there's no stacked folded laundry on the couch. It's all put away. How am I supposed to nap in your warm laundry? <laughs> like a hamster. Yeah, like a little kitten. Yeah, but I've literally never done that in my entire life. Dude, it's, it's hard. Done. It's hard. <laughs> I have a very I have a very serious process of how I do it, but I'm sure with a kid in tow. Oh, I never did it in like the 10 years that I didn't have a kid. Yeah. And as an adult, I just... I, I just have a process that is super boring, and I'll tell you when we're not recording, because... But it will make your life easier. When I lived at but home... But I'm very proud of you. I would sleep in a pile of my clean clothes at the end <laughs> of my bed. <laughs> like, yikes. You're triggering me right now. I know. You just need to spend the night in my house one day, <laughs> and then you'll then it'll be clean. You need to leave. Though, because I, I know. know you. You'll be like, that's my favorite. That's my favorite garbage can full of garbage. <laughs> I've had that since I was a kid. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm so proud of you for doing your laundry. Thanks. That'll probably never happen again. Well, but write it we down. Are. Put it on your memories <laughs> so it comes up next year. I'm going to take year. a selfie today. Yeah. Put that in my, <laughs> put it on Instagram. Good, good, good. What about your bitch? I don't have a favorite. I mean... You know, I don't have a favorite. There's nothing to be grateful for no, today. I can't think of one fucking There's thing. not. No, my bitch is just being a parent's hard. Yeah. Like, the moment you're like, you know what? I'm having a good time. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. So with my stepkids, it was always like, I would miss them so much, and like, we'd get into a routine, and I don't know why I thought it was ever going to be different, because it would be two days of like, this is good, this is good. Mm-hmm. Then it would all go to shit. Mm-hmm. And I... I treated it as it all went to shit, but it's just because they're kids. And yeah. But no, I really think <laughs> but yeah, it's like just... kids consents when you're like content and they're you're like, like, we're going to fuck it up. Yeah. When you're like, you know what? Things are going really good. One of them shits their pants. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just a metaphor about life. You know what? If it was just shitting pants, I would, I'd take that. Yeah. It's that, that simple. You just all rinse I can it say is, and... I'm not going to say that it's, I'm, I'll say it'll get better. But only because he's going to start doing other shit that's annoying. Mm -hmm. It won't always be the same shit. It gets better because I get wore down more. Mm -hmm. And that that is what it is. You give up easier. I give up and I'm wore down and I'm a shell of a human. Mm -hmm. And when you're a shell of a human, it's harder to get a reaction. It is. When they just suck the life out of you and your will to live goes away. Mm -hmm. That's when life starts getting pretty sweet. That's the sweet spot. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that. Um, my bitch, I don't know. I'm just surviving this week. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not thriving. I'm just surviving. And sometimes that's just the week you have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's what I got. Any news or any 
Oh, I do have a... I mean, it's going to be days after this day that this episode comes out. But today, the day we're recording is August 19th. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is Abby Grove's birthday today. It is! Abracadabra's birthday. Abracadabra, I want to reach out out and grab (laughs) you. And that's for you. Yep. We love you. We love you so much. You're the coolest. And, yep, that's my sister-in-law, and she's just just the best. She is. She's the best aunt. She's the best friend, sister, everybody. So, we love you. Okay. All right, let's, should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. It's going to be a serious one. Sorry, guys. Hey, Shari. Hey, Mel. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about trauma responses. Yeah. I just did air quotes. I don't know why I did that. We're talking about. Because it's not fake. It's it's not fake. (laughs) Trauma responses. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. It yes. used to be just the first three, but they've added the fawn. Yes. Which I'm glad they have because... Because that explains a lot. I resonate with a lot <laughs> with fawn. Yeah, so sure. I wanted to just go through a quick thing talking about what is a trauma response. Because some people think something extremely traumatic has to happen in your life in order for you to develop these trauma responses. But no. it's not true. No. A trauma response is the reflexive use of over-adaptive coping mechanisms in the real or perceived presence of a trauma event. So even if it's not happening, if you perceive that it's a real traumatic thing that's about to happen to you, you can develop these coping mechanisms. The four trauma responses, like Shari said, are fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, sometimes called the four Fs of trauma. But we decided there's five. Food. Food. Yes, that, that's in there too, <laughs> which we should talk about because I, I definitely had that as a trauma response at mm-hmm. one point. Same. Okay, so when we experience something traumatic or have been exposed to prolonged stress, so it can't, it's not always just one specific thing, one moment. Sometimes it can be something you're exposed to all the time. It causes part, part of our brain, the amygdala, to Ooh. go into hyperdrive where we see and feel threats in non-threatening situations. This causes us to act in ways that we don't understand and can leave us feeling like we no longer have control over ourselves. The trauma response is often based on what your brain thinks will help you survive your current situation. It's primal shit. Yeah. Researchers note that our bodies are designed to respond to perceived threats through a constellation of near instantaneous reflexive survival behaviors hang on with me guys you guys know i'm not good at reading Um, and this is a lot of science via a short-term strategy chemicals are sent into our bloodstream to activate the sympathetic nervous system's defenses but when stress responses are constantly triggered there's not enough time to metabolize the chemicals and our nervous system overloads and deregulates putting us squarely in survival mode. So when you're when you have little traumas over and over and over again. When your life is a traumatic Yes, that makes you hypersensitive. You're just waiting for something to happen. So you've never fully get rid of those chemicals. These trauma responses aren't exclusive to people who's experienced big T events. So big traumatic events, such as war, death, or disaster. 
commonly linked to meaningful trauma. So like I said earlier, a lot of times people think that if you are experiencing the big things, that's how you experience trauma. Like a car wreck or war or whatever. Right. Yeah. The reality is that trauma exists in all levels. So little T, so little trauma events, sometimes called micro traumas, can also be profoundly affecting since trauma is a subjective and individualized experience. So something that might be traumatic for me wouldn't be traumatic for Shari and vice versa. Depending on your life experience, maybe it doesn't traumatize Shari the way that it does Depending me. Depending on our past traumas. Yeah. So, for example, some traumatic stressors can include events such as a bad breakup, a betrayal of trust, a chronically abusive workplace, or undergoing something frightening over a period of time. So, abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. They may not feel particularly big at the time, but the complex effects of trauma can still affect you significantly when it's not emotionally processed correctly. So Mm -hmm. if you're not dealing with it in the moment, that's when you start to develop ways to cope with things. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you what, if you don't feel like it's a big deal now, wait till you have another big stress event in your life. Right. It's going to come out then. (laughs) It's going to. And you're not going to look good. You're not going to look good doing it. You're not going to be proud. Yeah. (laughs) If it's not resolved, trauma can essentially convert into stuck, frozen energy that your body will respond to physiologically in the form of a trauma response. There's the mosquito guy. Was it a plane or the skeeter guy? The mosquito plane guy. What? Yeah. So... We are going to go through the four categories of trauma responses. And I know this might seem like a boring subject to some people, but it's super helpful to know what your trauma responses are. It helps you move forward with being a better person mm-hmm. and reacting in a sane manner. And it helps, for, it helps too, like, when you know what your trauma responses are, so you know why you're doing what you're doing. It's, it's helpful to, like, explain that to people in, like, around you mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah. And, and I hate, I hate, like, the, and I'm going to talk about this later, too. It's, like, it's not an excuse to have these responses forever. It's, it's, a uh, it's information for people around you to know, okay, well, this is why she's doing that or he's doing that. But it's not an excuse to stay like that forever. Like, you have to work on things and... Because I feel like I feel like nowadays when people hear trauma, they're like, "Oh, boohoo!" Like, because everyone's like, "Oh, trauma, traumatic." You I've know, got trauma from this or whatever. But, yeah. But I feel like if you're using that word in a way where you're like, "This was traumatic for me," and you're trying to grow, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But that's why this is important to me because I want to be a better person. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go through the four categories. Sure, you want to kick us off? Sure. Freeze. I've got freeze. So freeze is basically what it sounds like is freezing. Like, and I know this has happened to me quite a bit when someone says something to like disgusting to me, like a stranger that's like saying something nasty to you, you freeze, you don't say anything. But I feel like it's, I feel like it's even deeper than that. Like I, my trauma response is freeze for sure. A lot of the times because, because I have a hard time, like calling people out and saying, hey, that hurt my feelings, or please don't treat me that way. I just clam up and I don't say anything. And that's that's basically what freeze is, is clamming up and not doing anything. 
And I know that, like, that's a lot of people's response to, like, rape victim response is yeah. freeze. So, like, a lot of people are like, well, why don't you fight him off? Or, you know. Yeah, did you say, get off of me, get away from me, mm-hmm. whatever. But that's like a, like Mal was reading earlier, like, it's a physiological response where your body is saying, this is what it takes to survive right now. So this is what we're doing. So, like, to say, like, that's just to to ask people why they didn't fight someone like the rapist off or whatever or even like a robbery or something that's just some people's physiological response is to freeze because that's what your body's telling you that you need to do but yeah so that's definitely one of my trauma responses okay so the next one is fight okay so when healthy the fight response can allow for assertion and solid boundaries when it's unhealthy Mm. when you're using it as a trauma response That's when it's an active self-preservation function where you move reactively towards conflict with anger and aggression. It's a state of fear where you confront the threat to stand up and assert yourself. People who respond with fight are utilizing conflict to navigate the situation. A fight trauma response is when we believe that if we are able to maintain the power over the threat, we'll gain control. This can look like physical fights, yelling, physical aggression, throwing things, and property destruction. It can also look like balling your hands into a fist, feeling knots in your stomach, crying, being argumentative, or experiencing a tight jaw. A tight jaw, you say? Yeah. That's why my back teeth are so broken. Yep. I think, uh... (laughs) So the fight response is definitely one of my responses, which we'll kind of get to there at the end. Yep. All right. What's the next one? Uh, Next one is flight. And the flight trauma response involves a release of stress hormones that signal that it is time to flee. Oh, we gotta go. (laughs) From the danger or threat. Um, But it doesn't, it doesn't always mean like, it doesn't mean like running away. Yeah. I think, like, one of Sometimes my... it can. Sometimes it can. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes people just fucking It's run. an emotional flee. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, definitely the way that I flee is anytime I'm going through a hard time, I retract into myself and I pull away from everybody, mm-hmm. everyone around me. Because I don't, I don't want to put my emotions on other people. And so I retract into myself. I turn into a hermit. And I basically, even though there's people around me, I am fleeing. So that's kind of one of my trauma responses is flee. So yeah, it can be a physical flee. It can be a mental flee, which is mine. Mine is definitely mental. So the next one is fawn. At its core, fawning can be a people-pleasing and engaging in pacifying behaviors. This is just to make other people feel better. This, I think, is the most self-preservation one, mm-hmm. I guess. I'm pretty sure that the fawn response is something that a lot, I bet 99% of women have this mm-hmm. response to Which trauma. I'm, so I'm so glad they added this one to the mm-hmm. list because it wasn't, I yeah. guess it wasn't there before. It's characterized by prioritizing people above all else by doing whatever they want to diffuse the conflict and receive their approval. It seems good to be well-liked and defer to others to secure safety, but not when it's at the cost of losing yourself. Most likely, you don't feel seen by others and may feel eclipsed by the people in your life. 
let me read this quote from a psychologist. I know I'm encountering a fond response when someone tells me what I'd like to hear and when I ask how they're feeling, they respond with, I'm okay, how are you? Or, I'm alright, so-and-so did this to me and I felt pretty bad. I'll receive a brief response about how they're doing and then a lengthier response about how someone else in their life is doing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's weird. That doesn't sound like me. (laughs) I hate saying stuff like this, but we've done an episode before about the disgusting shit that has been said to us. And as a self-preservation type thing, when you're put in that position as a woman and someone's saying something gross to you or making you feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. definitely my first reaction is... I'm going to be so nice to them. Mm -hmm. Because who knows what the fuck they're going to do if I'm not. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to laugh it off. I'm going to, oh, you're so funny. Mm -hmm. You're fucking douchebag. Yeah, it's either, and that's either a freeze or a fawn for sure. Right. I know I said this before on the last one, but like, because I've been listening to the, the Mormon Stories podcast about the sexual abuse. Lately, so it's really on my mind. But um, I know rape rape victims use fawn a lot. Mm-hmm. Like if it like when it comes down to it, they they act like they're they're okay with it because that's what it means to survive. Because who knows what they're gonna that if they're if the rapist would kill them. Yeah. If they were to fight. You know. I think what's important and definitely what I've learned is like a trauma response is not a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. This is like literally your body going. I'm going to help you out here. Yeah. Even if it's, it's not... It's like default mode. Yeah, like, it's hey, like... this is what it's going to take to mm-hmm. serve, like, for, you your, for us to live. Which is terrifying mm-hmm. that... For better or worse, like, your body is trying to help you out, make you survive. <laughs> so why is it important to know what your trauma responses are? So the people in your life don't fucking hate you. <laughs> They're not like, why are you so... Don't different? think you're fucking crazy. You psycho. <laughs> yeah. And just for you to understand yourself... Because the more you understand yourself, the better everything will be. I hope that everyone else is trying to better themselves and never, like, content with where they are, Mm -hmm. like, emotionally. Because no matter how great your life has been, everybody has been through shit Mm -hmm. that is life. Everybody's been through stuff that is traumatic in one way or another. And I feel like knowing what your response is, then you can correct it. Like, Mm -hmm. no, that should not be my response to things. That's what I was saying earlier, like, don't let it be an excuse for behavior. Let it be, like, a growing experience. To know what your trauma responses are, let it help you grow. That's just a trauma response, so that's the way I am now. Trauma response! TR! (laughs) I'm having a TR! Hashtag TR. (laughs) So what are your trauma responses? Well, I definitely have all of them. Same! And so it's definitely... I'm like, depending on the situation, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do one of these to get My body's very diverse in the trauma response category. (laughs) We're very ingrained in trauma responses. (laughs) But, like, from my childhood that we've talked about here on past episodes, it was a very physical and emotional abusive place for me. And so a lot of times it was fun, keep... Keep dad happy. Keep dad happy. Whatever it is, just agree, just agree, just agree. But then as I grew up, it turned into fight because I'm like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. Like, and I and I was bigger and stronger, you know, and so I felt like I could like fight him or whatever. I don't know, but so it turned into fight. But then, but then as I got older, like, it's just yeah, different situations turned into different 
trauma responses. But I definitely have, like, I feel like I've perfected all four. Yeah. <laughs> Five. Food. Food. <laughs> definitely food. So, but you you have all four, too. I think that I definitely use all, or have used mm-hmm. all four in one Same. way or another. My biggest one that just recently, and why this topic got brought up, is that I realized that my fight is is one of my first things that I do. Not as much now, but since I got divorced and everything, it was a very, um, it just wasn't a good relationship. Fight became my number one thing. I kind of realized it recently that that's kind of my response to a lot of things. Um, I feel like I have a fight response too, but it's it's in a different way. Mm-hmm. Anytime I feel like a sadness or a fear or whatever, it comes out as anger first. Yeah. Like I don't ever, yeah, I don't ever feel those we talked about first. that before. The anger is a secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. It's never truly that you're angry. It's that you're hurt. Or that scared. That you're scared. Or, or yeah. yeah. When I was going to counseling a long time ago and I heard that, it helped me so much, especially with having anxiety and stuff, mm-hmm. because my anxiety would come out as anger every time. I'd when, go, what? When anxiety is really fear. Yeah, it's fear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can't help but snap at someone or say something that is maybe a little bit much. I'm constantly working on it. Yeah. And, like, when I was going to counseling, too, she, she, because, like, she got to know me a little bit so she could talk to me, like, in a way that I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she was saying, like... So she was like, listen here, you crazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you dumb redneck. Yeah. But no, she's like, she's like, your thought patterns that you go over and over again, they create, like, a deep rut trail. And so, like, so, you know, like, trails on the mountain where they're, like, a foot down. Mm-hmm. And they're just deep. Mosquito guy. Skitters. She's like, so she's like, so anytime you try and create a new thought pattern, it's really easy to slide back into that rut and like yeah. keep going on that deep trail. But you've got to like forge this brand new trail through the fresh grass over here. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Like it's going to be hard to like slip out of that rut and mm-hmm. go back onto that new trail. But like that's basically the same thing, like trying to bust out of these trauma responses. Mm-hmm. Like it's easy to slide back into that rut and go on that easy trail. Well, and really, I've had so many people in my life that their response to anything is anger as well. Mm -hmm. And so I've really tried to make it a point, and I think it's a good lesson for everyone, to sometimes we do just snap at shit. Sometimes we do just have a fucking attitude about something. Stop yourself, apologize, Mm -hmm. and explain it. Shari, I'm sorry that I said shut up to you. Sorry I was wor- I'm s- I was worried because you were acting like an idiot mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, it's okay to. I mean, I'm not gonna argue with that. <laughs> and it's then, okay to have your trauma response, but yeah. it's it's you have to come back and say, yeah, this is why this happened. This is why I said that. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I think too, and like I know that women can be a lot more emotional, and we are in a lot of ways, but I think. It's good for men to really think about that, too, because I think a lot of men are just not saying stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, they just don't say anything. Mm -hmm. They might not snap. They just won't say anything. They're going to let that simmer under there for a while. Let it (laughs) it marinate under there. So, I think saying, you know what, I don't like that because it worries me, or it makes me sad, or makes makes me me anxious. Yeah. 
but I think it's a good thing, a good way to start dealing with your trauma responses. Mm-hmm. So then we, we kind of just like went into some of some things that were our triggers and um, how they correlate with each trauma response. So mine is anything religious, but specifically, and I think everybody knows what I'm talking about, the church voice. <gasps> Low and slow. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that reverent tone. Yep. Triggers me that too. Triggers me so yeah. instantly that I, as soon as I hear someone talking in that voice, I don't hear a word they say, and that's just because. So my dad was a very um, verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, and a past episode we talked about like he'd keep me up to like two, three in the morning, just basically ripping me apart. Like, ripping my self-esteem apart from every which way. You're just going to have to excuse the airplane. Yeah, that's the airplane. But he'd always, always follow it up, and his voice would change to this reverent religious tone, and he'd start talking about religion and how it fed into how he just ripped me apart. And so that tone just gets me every time. Dude, that bothers me too. If I, I yeah. much more for you, but it... For me, I'm like, no, don't talk to me like that. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one for me. And then I, I saw a post the other day, and it said something about, like, people leave the church because someone offended them. No, I left the church. No, I didn't leave the church because someone offended me. I left the church because someone used it to abuse me. And that's not, that's not why, because I knew it wasn't true and all that. But, yes, yeah, so anytime I hear that reverent tone... I, I guess I don't know what trauma response it is. I think it's flee. I think it is flee because I retract into myself mm-hmm. and I don't hear anything and I block everything out. Mm-hmm. It's just all gone. Yeah. That's one of my triggers. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours? So one of my triggers is yelling or loud people. Mm-hmm. I'm like super triggered by that because I've been around a lot of yelling and so I instantly do the, I either do one or do, you want me to join in? <laughs> you want me to fight? And I'm going to get louder? I get bigger I'm than gonna you? I'm going to get bigger. I'm like a fucking grizzly bear in there. <laughs> or I flee mm-hmm. into myself. I cannot stand loud people because of it. Whether they're happy or sad, I don't like it because I've, it just like sets me mm-hmm. into like what's going to happen. Yeah. Probably a little bit of PTSD. A little bit. This one, it's not funny, but it's a little bit lighter than the last one I said. And this and this might not even have anything to do with the trauma responses. The song that was playing when we rolled our razor, I cannot and will not listen to it in a moving vehicle mm-hmm. anymore. I don't know what response that is. No, that's that's PTSD. Yeah, that's just PTSD. But that's a trauma. <laughs> but PTSD causes trauma responses. Yeah. So yeah. What song is it? It was. I wrote it down because. Hope it's not a good one. No, it's so fucking good. I love it. It's X Y Z Inside Out. <sighs> it's so damn good. But uh, yeah. If, Hopefully you get over that. It, it comes onto the the roll when we're out razor in or mm-hmm. even driving in a truck and I'm like nope skip it yeah nope I, <laughs> that is bad luck yeah. <laughs> you know obviously you can't blame everything oh it's a trauma it's a trauma response mm-hmm. because I don't like this or that or whatever that's 
different than what it actually is. Yeah. But I definitely suggest that everybody look it up, Google it, like find out what your responses are so mm-hmm. that you can fix your body. Because of the chemical response, and we didn't go into tons about the chemical response, but when your chemicals are off like that, and when you're constantly... Okay, we're in a war zone tonight. <laughs> we're in a freaking war zone. Mosquitoes dying left and yeah. right. Good morning, Vietnam! <laughs> so when you're constantly in a state of... I, I always call it waiting, because I am always waiting. waiting. When you're in that state all of the time, you're screwing up the chemicals in your body so bad and it causes so much crazy shit. If I dive into it too much, I'm going to sound like a crazy hippie. You guys already know that I am, but it can cause like cancer and heart problems and all this stuff that is just insane and also ruin relationships. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more than I hate when someone's like, that's just the way they are. You'll get used to it. Why don't I get that fucking pass? I know. Like, ever. In my whole life, I never get That's just the way she is. No, it's, you're being a bitch. But everyone else, you know, they get a pass. So, don't be that person that people are like, well, that's just the way that they are. I know. Or that's how they act when they're worried about you. No. No, I had that in my notes, too. Like, your trauma responses and your triggers are not anyone else's responsibilities. I do not go to church anymore and I do not listen to church things because I don't want to hear that church tone mm-hmm. and I keep myself away from situations that I'm going to hear that if I hear someone say a prayer in that tone I don't put that responsibility on them mm-hmm. I don't feel like they hurt me like I take responsibility for my own triggers and my own trauma right like I, I don't expect anyone to tiptoe around me but I'm going to put myself and my life away from situations like that as much as I can. Yeah, it's important to understand how people um, respond and things like that, but I don't I don't feel like you need to tiptoe around people either. Mm-hmm. I hope that made sense. Me too. I don't... Guys. I don't really know. We're sharing one brain cell between the two of us mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, we're like conjoined twins. <laughs> we're sharing <laughs> one brain cell. <laughs> but we've been separated, so one of us is good. I think it's me. I think it's me. <laughs> But we love you guys, and we uh, hope that you're dealing with your trauma, because we're not always going to be here mm-mm. to hold your hand. Mm-mm. We're not always going to be here to let you know you're not alone. Yeah. But you're not alone. But you're not. If you wouldn't mind shooting us an email telling us your triggers, your trauma responses, mm-hmm. um, we'd love to share those with other people so that, I mean, obviously we'll keep your name and everything out of it, but we want to let other people know they're not alone. Yeah. But we love you guys. We love you so much. Bye.